It started with a speaker at a conservative conference calling for the eradication of transgender people. What's going on in Florida is close to sinful. It's insane. I don't know what DeSantis hopes to do. Please don't kill yourself. It is a Filipino-based organization. I think it's going to be better in Thailand in the future, but not now. It's part of Japanese culture. I think that people don't really raise voice until they really need to. To this way out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Lucia Chappelle. Milan's same-gender couples lose parental rights. Florida's anti-trans fever spreads to other U.S. states, and World Pride brings Asia to Sydney's Mardi Gras. Those stories and more this week because you've discovered this way out. I'm Michael Taylor Gray, and I'm Melanie Keller. With News Wrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending March 18th, 2023. The children of Milan's same gender couples will no longer be automatically registered to both parents. An order to halt the practice was delivered to center left Mayor Giuseppe Sala directly from the government of Italy's far right Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney this week. Queer couples were allowed to enter into civil unions in 2016, but adoption rights were consciously left out of the legislation. Some courts have allowed lesbian and gay couples to adopt each other's children, even if they were born through a surrogate. Surrogacy is specifically banned in the heavily Roman Catholic country. Milan has been one of the few Italian municipalities where both members of a queer couple could be registered as the parents of the children they are raising together. Current laws make it necessary for the non-birth parent to spend years navigating the legal system to adopt their spouse's child. Maloney is Italy's first far-right prime minister since Mussolini. She won election in late 2022 as a defender of Christian values with a campaign that targeted gender ideology and the LGBT lobby. Her promise to govern for everyone was clearly worth less than the position paper it was written on. Alessia Corsini, of Italy's Rainbow Families, told the Associated Press, This government is the maximum expression of homophobia. It is insulting to hundreds of thousands of families with two same-sex parents. Former Turin mayor Chiara Appendino told AP, The new ban is only the latest slap against these families. Appendino was the first mayor to recognize the rights of both same-gender parents without seeking court approval. She joined Milan Mayor Sala in calling for lawmakers to codify the parental rights of queer couples. Sala told a podcaster that he would obey the federal government's edict while continuing to fight politically for the rights of queer parents and their children. Leading LGBTQ campaigner Fabrizio Marazzo thinks Sala should do more. He told Reuters, When a law is unjust and discriminatory, those who engage in politics must have the courage to disobey it. Iranian LGBTQ rights activist Elham Shubdar has been released from prison, according to a report this week from the Iranian Lesbian and Transgender Network. 
The group, also known as Six Rang, says she was bailed out for 1 billion rial. That's equivalent to about 24,000 U.S. dollars. Chubdar was arrested late last year on charges of corruption on earth for promoting homosexuality and depravity. Her sentence was death. Activist Soray Sadiqi Hamadani was arrested on the same charges about a month before Shubdar, but Six Rang says that she continues to languish in prison, unable to post a 2 billion rial bail, close to 50,000 U.S. dollars. Both women were additionally charged with promoting Christianity and communicating with the media opposing the Islamic Republic. Six Rang announced in mid-January that the Iranian government had rescinded both death sentences. Their spokesperson told Pink News that the tireless efforts of people campaigning for their release had overcome the threats of execution. Iran's Islamic Republic is one of the world's most anti-queer countries, where several gay men have been executed in recent years. Hundreds of anti-government protesters are currently under arrest and many are facing the death penalty while Siddiqui Hamadani waits for her bail to be raised. Transgender Minnesotans now have the proactive support of their governor. Democrat Tim Waltz's executive order directs all state agencies to the fullest extent of their lawful authority, pursue opportunities and coordinate with each other to protect people or entities providing, assisting, seeking, or obtaining gender-affirming health care services in Minnesota. The order additionally directs agencies to investigate any health care organizations that have been charged with denying a trans person's access to such care. Waltz is flying in the face of mounting efforts to roll back trans rights in several other U.S. states, all Republican-controlled. He underscored the motivation for his actions, saying, By outlawing gender-affirming health care, States across this country are working to prevent people from receiving safe, medically necessary, evidence-based treatments. We know this urgency is real, thus the need of an executive order today. Trans children have been especially targeted in the attacks on gender-affirming care. The queer advocacy group Outfront Minnesota praised the governor in a statement that said, With the rights of our neighbors under threat, this order sends a strong message to trans people supportive families, and care providers. You are welcome here. Students at Massachusetts Historically Women's Wellesley College have approved a referendum calling for the consideration of applications from non-binary and trans men, regardless of their gender assigned at birth. Applications from trans women have been accepted there since 2015. The ballot measure also proposed that the college's communications replace all gender-specific language with gender-neutral language in reference to its student body, according to a report by CNN. That would include replacing women with students and using they-them instead of she-her pronouns. The vote of the approximately 2,300-member student body is not binding on the institution that was founded in 1870, one of the prestigious Seven Sisters Colleges. It will be presented to the Board of Trustees for consideration to formally expand the college's admissions policies. The Wellesley News campus paper offered its unequivocal support for transgender, non-binary, and gender non-conforming people at Wellesley and everywhere who enrich all communities they are part of. However, Wellesley's Director of Media Relations, Stacy Schmeidel, said in a statement, 
Although there is no plan to revisit its mission as a women's college or its admissions policy, the college will continue to engage all students, including transgender male and non-binary students, in the important work of building an inclusive academic community where everyone feels they belong. Finally. I've done it all, of course. I started out, was in the street scene. Not willingly, I might add, at all. Uh, but that was where you ended up being forced and pushed by um, a society that wanted to ignore you, in fact, eliminate you, really. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. New Zealand MP Georgina Baer was never out of sight, out of mind. Certainly not when she spoke with This Way Out Brisbane Australia correspondent John Frame in August of 2005. The trailblazing transgender politician died on March 6th in hospice care after a long battle with kidney disease. She was 65. In 1999, Baer became the world's first elected transgender parliamentarian. She served until 2007. As she told John Frame, Baer worked as a sex worker and then a nightclub performer in her younger days, but got involved in local politics in 1995. She was elected mayor of the small North Island town of Carterton that year and went on to represent Weorapa in Parliament as a member of the Liberal Labour Party. The indigenous Maori lawmaker campaigned tirelessly for queer rights and the decriminalization of sex work in New Zealand. She was instrumental in the passage of the Prostitution Reform Act in 2003. She helped enact civil unions legislation for queer couples a year later. Bear lived to see the passage of full marriage equality in her native land in 2013. Longtime friend Malcolm Vaughn and his husband Scott Kennedy issued a statement soon after her passing. Vaughn said, Georgie was surrounded by her nearest and dearest 24-7 over the past week. She accepted what was happening and was cracking jokes and had a twinkle in her eye right until the final moment. We say, rest in power, Georgina Bear." That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending March 18th, 2023. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappelle, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm Melanie Keller. Stay healthy. And I'm Michael Taylor Gray. Stay safe. In the Philippines, I feel like we're way left behind. LGBT in Thailand, they are very fun and very cloudy. We are trying to send a message for marriage equality in Japan. Asia comes to Mardi Gras with world pride, but first... What if you were here? You see, a Florida vacation will take you exactly where you need to be, which is, of course, here. There is exactly where you don't want to be if you're a transgender kid in your family. The don't-say-gay state is also becoming the don't-be-trans state. A ban on gender-affirming health care for trans children went into effect on March 16th. It was devised by state medical boards at the behest of Governor Ron DeSantis, but the legislature is still not satisfied. A bill is moving through the state Senate that would make it a felony to treat gender dysphoria for people under 18. That would put both doctors and parents in jeopardy. 
President Joe Biden expressed his view of the anti-trans campaign in an interview on Comedy Central's The Daily Show. What's going on in Florida is, as my mother would say, close to sinful. I mean, it's just terrible what they're doing. It's not like, you know, a kid wakes up one morning and says, you know, I decided I want to become a man or I want to become a woman or I want to change. I mean, what, what, what are they thinking about here? They're human beings. They love, they have feelings, they have inclinations that are, I mean, it, it just to me is, I don't know, it, it's cruel. As a coalition of LGBTQ organizations prepare a lawsuit on behalf of Florida parents with trans kids, prominent advocates are speaking out. Lesbian star Lily Tomlin took on the issue during a Yahoo Entertainment interview about her new trans-friendly film, Moving On. It's insane. I don't know what uh, DeSantis hopes to do in Florida, and I can't believe he can marshal that many people to support him because most people know when injustice is being done. They sense it themselves, whether they even uh, accept your point of view or not. I just don't understand it. I don't understand this whole plowing backwards that uh, so many people are doing in the country. Tomlin is optimistic, but lesbian White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre sees the Florida fever as a plague that's spreading across the country. It started with a speaker at a conservative conference calling for the eradication of transgender people. Language that not a single national Republican leader has condemned. In Florida, just Florida alone, Republicans introduced 20 bills, 20 bills on a single day to roll back the rights of LGBTQ community. One of those bills would give the state the right to remove kids from their parents just because that kid is transgender. And just think about that. Just think about a kid who's sitting at home in this community who's listening and hearing elected officials talking about how they want to take away their rights or how they want to even threaten their parents with felony charges for seeking health care for their children. Guys, today is day 70. It is day 70 of 2023. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. The Georgia House passed a ban on gender-affirming care the same day that Florida's ban went into effect. It was already clear that her side would lose when out-representative Carla Drenner took the floor. I believe that you mean well, but this is wrong. to all the children in our state that are going to be negatively impacted. Please don't lose hope. Please don't give up. Please don't kill yourself. This world is worth it. We need you. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. The same leaders that tout freedom apparently don't extend their love for freedom if they disagree with who you are, who you love, or how you parent. It's government overreach at its worst, taking away rights from the vulnerable 
all to distract from a deeply unpopular agenda that caters to the ultra-rich. And I'll just, re I'll just say what the president has said over and over again when it comes to LGBTQ plus community, when it comes to vulnerable communities across the country that are constantly being attacked, we have their back, the president has their back, and that will continue. Listeners support This Way Out in many ways. By subscribing to our e-newsletter, email us at info at thiswayout.org. And through your financial contributions to our program. More information about how you can give is online at thiswayout.org. Thank you. brought a vast array of flavors to the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras Parade. This Way Out correspondent Barry McKay explored one region of the queer globe as he wandered among participants waiting for the parade to begin. I spotted a few groups from Asian countries, the Philippines, Thailand and Japan, and I spoke to them about their groups, the situation for LGBTQI plus people in their respective countries, and their hopes for the future. I first spoke with a transgender woman from the Philippines from a group called Flagcom and Friends whose stunning costumes were designed by well-known local designer Rene Rivas. Could you tell me a little about your group? Um, our group, our, we, we call it Flag Common Friends. It is a Filipino-based, you know, organized organization. But it's a mixed culture with the rest of Southeast Asian countries like Thailand, Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines, and some neighboring countries as well. So what's good thing about our organization is because we aim for three objectives, which is... Um, community harmony and then social solidarity and health for us is very it's it's vital so safe sex is very important so that's one thing that we promote for the organization are many of you transgender um, for the participants this year um, it's a combination of last year's winner and this year's winner so, so it's going to be like more than 10 beautiful ladies will be in the float. But you're, you're dressed up so beautifully. Oh, thank yeah. you. We yeah. too. Like pageant queens always wear the most beautiful dresses, like most sparkling dresses, because it has to be noticed because that's, you know, that's pageant is all about. What's the situation with LGBT rights in the Philippines? Well, in the Philippines, if you're going to compare here, it's just, I feel like we're way left behind. So the first, when I first experienced the Mardi Gras, which is three years ago before the lockdown, it was teary eyes. Because I feel like, when are we going to do this in our country, which is the Philippines? I feel like we're left behind. 
because you know I grow up with adversity, obstacles, challenges in life. Like it's really difficult. But with how Australia welcomed me as a transgender woman, it's really amazing. Like it it gives me an opportunity. It's it gives me a feeling that I can be who I am in this country, and then I feel like I'm protected in this country. And which is, I hope, I hope, and I wish someday my country will do the same thing. Marriage equality in the Philippines? Um, marriage equality, that's very, very, very impossible. But I have faith and hope maybe in the, maybe many years from now. It's just difficult at the moment because I live in a country where people listen more on church. And we're a Roman Catholic country. And that's really difficult to implement because... Yeah, people listen more on churches and the religion. For them, it's more important than what human right is. Like, very traditional. They are very traditional. They're very religious people. For them, I mean, for our religion, it's against. It's against. So, yeah, it's sad. It's sad, but as I said, that with this celebration in this beautiful, amazing country, it gives us a, you know, a, a chance and gives me a hope that you know like I have a partner at the moment right now and then with my partner it gives me chances to live that what I am like who I can be you know what I mean like someone who consider a wife a girlfriend a partner thank you very much for your time today and happy Mardi Gras happy World Pride oh thank you and happy World Pride and happy Mardi Gras well thank you I spotted a group of three men from Thailand dressed up as cartoon superheroes with large angel wings strapped to their backs. So could I get your name? I'm Joe, I'm Joe. Could you tell me about your group? Uh, my group from Cartoon Sailor Moon and the big group for Sailor Moon. Is, is that Thailand? No, we are from Thai but my costume from the cartoon from the Sailor Moon. Okay. okay. Yes. Could you tell me a little bit about LGBT rights in Thailand? Where, where are you up to at the moment? LGBT in Thailand, they are very fun and very cloudy. Many people live LGBT. It's not anti, it's not anything. Yes. What about marriage equality in Thailand? Where are you up to now? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Yeah. What do you see the future for the LGBT community in Thailand? In Thailand, I think gonna be better in the future, but not now. No? Yes. Is there quite a vibrant LGBT scene in Thailand? Mm, I'm not sure, I'm sorry. Yeah? Yeah. Because I hear that it's quite open and quite happy. Yes, very open, super open, but really hard to marry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much for your You're time. Up. I then came across a group of two Japanese girls, a Japanese guy and his Australian partner. They were wearing t-shirts with Yes Equality Japan proudly emblazoned on them, holding a very large flag with the words It's time for marriage equality in Japan. Their group was called Gender Free Japanese. So could I get your name? My name is Yuichi. And you're from Japan? Yes, I'm, I, grew, I grew up in Tokyo. And what's your float here? Um, it's called uh, Gender Free Japanese. So we are 
trying to send a message for the uh, marriage equality in Japan. What's the situation with LGBT rights in Japan at the moment? It's very tough still. It's getting slowly better, but I think a lot of um, things hasn't really changed. So we need a bit more push from um, LGBT community and people around it. So we need to raise my voice to make a change. Japan is a modern democracy. You would think that it would be forward-thinking in these sort of matters. Yes. I think all the politicians, they're still stuck in, say, 80s, 90s. Um, They haven't really moved forward from their um, era. So I think that's the one big reason that we haven't really changed anything yet. So hopefully soon. What do you think is going to be the thing that changes Japanese society to accept marriage equality in Japan? I think it's just a matter of more lot more um, young people to in, get involved with the um, like voting and everything and more visibility yes yes I think a lot of people are, I say will probably say yes to all the um, marriage equality but still I think it's part of Japanese culture I think that the people don't really raise voice until they really need to so it's a bit hard to um, make a change because of that what do you expect for the future now Oh, um, I'm married here with this um, um, Australian guy here, so um, I'm hoping that in hopefully next like, maybe a couple of years I can take him back to Japan, not as a tourist, but as my husband. That'd be that'd be my dream. And recognised. Yes, by my country. By the Japanese government. Yes, yes, that's my yeah probably biggest dream at the moment. Fantastic. <laughs> happy Mardi Gras. Happy, happy Mardi Gras. Happy World Pride. Yes, happy World Pride. And I hope you have a good one. Thank you. You too. Thank you very much. Thank you. Lastly, I spotted some more Japanese participants dressed in traditional Japanese clothing. They formed a group called Colourful Change, which offers training programs and talks to Japanese companies about LGBTQI plus topics. Could I get your name? I'm Kota. K-O-T-A, Kota. And what's your float? Um, I'm with Colourful Change Lab. What's the situation with LGBTQ rights in Japan? Um, well, I think many people. I, I, in my opinion, I don't, I don't think many people still have prejudice, but especially younger generation. But I think more like politicians. Some politicians say some like discrimination things. So, but I think the situation is getting better, and we are learning from like this kind of events. How are LGBT people portrayed in the media? Um, I think it's treated positively more, more and more, yeah. but I'm not sure that. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, I think it's getting better and more like po- covered positively. Arigato gozaimasu. Of course, thanks so much. Okay, thank you. <laughs> more stories from Sydney World Pride 2023 coming up in future episodes of This Way Out. This is Barry Mackay in Sydney, Australia.
Thanks for finding This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. News Wrap was reported this week by Michael Taylor Gray and Melanie Keller and produced by Brian DeShazer. Thanks also to Sydney, Australia correspondent Barry McKay. Simon and Garfunkel, the Charlie Daniels Band, the L Project, and Electric Fields performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This We Out thanks the Richard Rosenberg Foundation and listener donors Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Look for This We Out Radio on social media, email us at info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and all of us at This Way Out, I'm Lucia Chappelle. Thanks for listening online at thisweout.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And on KTWH Two Harbors, Minnesota, CFUV Victoria, British Columbia, WHYS Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned, y'all.